I'm Matsudiso, a musician, songwriter, producer and composer. I also teach. I'm fascinated by process, how we make what we make, why we make what we make. As a musician, I'm always learning from and inspired by other creatives, other musicians, artists, the arts itself, people. In short, life all inform the music I make. And I think that learning from others enriches not only our own art, but the arts. And why holding up the ladder? Well, because we're all trying to get somewhere and I think we build something stronger if we help each other. If we hold up the ladder rather than pull it up from under us as we climb. I'll be talking to all kinds of creatives about process, lessons learned, things that inspire us, the music we're listening to, what makes us who we are and the help we've had along the way. So join me as we climb, holding up the ladder. If you've been following this podcast from the beginning, you'll know that I love a good story. It's why I like podcasts. It's basically story time for grown-ups. So I thought I'd tell you the story behind the story of why holding up the ladder started. Let's call this story, You Can't Not the Hustle, or better yet, You Live and You Learn. So take a walk with me. It was sometime in 2012, I was getting ready to release my first EP and I was doing gigs in my living room in front of friends because, you know, good friends are like supportive parents that clap and get overexcited at their kids' school plays. They're proud of you no matter how bad it sounds. I had a trio, me on keys and vocals, a bass player and a percussionist. We were invited to play at an £85 a day Black Time Music Festival outside London with Sting headlining. The purpose? Exposure. Don't you love the word exposure? In music industry terms, it basically means doing something and not getting paid for it. But I needed the exposure. We arrived at the very elegant venue and were greeted by a lovely lady, let's call her Jo, who when I asked her where our dressing room was to change, she directed us to the toilets. The percussionist, who had a bit more gumption than I did when it came to handling situations like this, said quite simply, we need a dressing room. Joe then repeated that our playing was for exposure, but she would see if she could do us a favour and get us a room. The dressing room was a section of a tent with a table in it, but it had no chairs, so I asked for chairs. I then asked if we could get some refreshments. Joe thought my request was odd because after all we were playing for exposure. There's that word again. When I showed Joe the contract that stipulated our entitlement to refreshments, she brought us the following. I remember it so clearly because it really was so ridiculous. We were given three packets of Walker's Ready Salted Crisps, three packets of shortbread biscuits, three Cokes, you know the fun size ones you get on planes, three mini bottles of water and three fun size chocolate bars. So what about the exposure, I hear you ask? We play to about 20 people, including bar staff. Did I mention that the gig wasn't paid? Yes, you can laugh at my foolishness, my naivety, not standing up for myself, etc, etc. As I said, you live and you learn. But here's a serious point I want to make. It got me thinking. Remember I said Sting was headlining the event? I am sure no one asked him to change in the toilets, or gave him a dressing room that was a corner of a tent, or gave him three packets of crisps, three shortbread biscuits, three airline cokes, three waters and three fun-sized chocolate bars. What if Sting refused to play unless the up-and-coming artists on the billing at the festival also got paid properly? 
What if he was even prepared to earn a little less so that the emerging artists could get paid a little bit more? What if artists in positions of power or influence insisted on certain standards for emerging artists who don't have the clout or the wherewithal to make changes? What if artists, and let me say it's not about Sting personally, in this story he just happens to represent artists who've quote unquote made it. What if they kept the ladder in place, helping up and coming artists climb, sharing knowledge, resources, information and opportunities? You see what I mean? It's why in my podcast, I ask every guest to share a lesson learned, because that festival was a lesson learned for me. Sure, it burned me at the time, but it changed how I work from then on. Any opportunity, connection, resource I have, I try as far as possible to share it. I'm interested in building community and finding people who want to do the same. And let me tell you, they're everywhere. Being a musician is hard really hard, really wonderful, but really hard. And I need help. And it's not just in music spaces, it's in all creative spaces. I have a bunch of creative friends, curators, fashion designers, graphic designers, dancers, filmmakers, artists, music producers, scientists, poets, bar owners, the list goes on. Some of whom you've even heard on this podcast. What we all have in common is that we're working for ourselves and we realise that none of this works without support. And at the core of all this creative community and resource building is a love of the arts. I really believe that works of art, work that speaks to our humanness, to our very existence, are dependent on artists being resourced and supported to get where they need to go. And not for the few, but for the many. Think of a world without music or literature or paintings or film or dance. For me, art gives language to our lives that words in the traditional sense can't speak to. Art challenges, subverts, inspires, frees, connects us to each other, gives us an opportunity to love it or loathe it. Art allows us to feel. What's my point? When there's a collective purpose for people to see and experience the world reflected back at them in a range of different ways, that is more than just the bottom line, more than just making money for a few people, I think art becomes better. And that's got to be a good thing, right? So there you go. That's the story behind the story of holding up the ladder. I hope it frames for you even more why I'm interviewing the people I'm interviewing and why I love a good story. If that story resonated with you, there are a number of ways you can support the podcast. You can share, like, subscribe to the podcast on the SoundCloud, Acast and Instagram platforms at holding up the ladder, hashtag H-U-T-L. You can tell your friends about it. Why not leave some comments on Instagram or SoundCloud? And you can also donate. You'll see a donate link in the blurb below. It will help me to build the profile of the podcast and eventually build a team for, as you know, this is a one woman band at the moment. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes in the next few weeks. I have some really wonderful podcast guests to share with you, including multidisciplinary artist Thomas J. Price, photographer and director Justice McKerley, and poet and activist Jessica Horn. Until next time.